Welcome to Amplify, stories of university community collaborations. I'm your host, Soraya Latif, and I'm the communications coordinator for CU Engage at the University of Colorado Boulder. Amplify is a production of CU Engage, the Center for Community-Based Learning and Research, in partnership with Community Radio, KGNU. The show aims to amplify the voices of students and community partners who are working together to generate new knowledge and ideas to tackle major public challenges. You can hear us on KGNU on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. or access our show archives by visiting www.colorado.edu forward slash cuengage forward slash amplify. You can also hear bonus content where we continue the conversation and learn more about today's topic by visiting the CU Engage website. On today's show, we'll be talking about a program within the Leadership Studies minor and CU Engage, the Multicultural Leadership Scholars, or MLS. MLS supports the development of leaders from diverse backgrounds, experiences, concerns, knowledge, interests, and accomplishments. Through coursework, service, and socialization, scholars develop a deep awareness of their own values and belief systems, as well as those of others. The program features meaningful relationships with professors and peer mentors, diverse practicum classes, career exploration, financial support for those who are eligible, and an increased sense of community. MLS is open to undergraduate students of all majors who are interested in exploring leadership. The program is open to all students, but priority is given to those who come from groups that are underrepresented in higher ed, including first-generation students, students of color, and LGBTQ plus students. With Multicultural Leadership Scholars, you can join a community of students who care about social justice, earn a minor at CU Boulder in Leadership Studies, gain access to professional development, mentoring, and academic enrichment opportunities, and receive annual financial support. Joining me here today in the studio is Dr. Krishna Patisapu. Krishna is the Director of Diversity, Recruitment, and Retention for the School of Education at CU Boulder. She oversees the Multicultural Leadership Scholars and Education Diversity Scholars programs, which support first-generation students, students of color, academically, socially, and financially. Welcome to the show, Krishna. Thank you for having me, Soraya. Of course. So we're going to be starting every Amplify episode by asking our guests to speak to what their why is briefly. So why do you do the work that you do? Uh, why are you called to do the work, work that you do? The reason I feel called to the work of supporting students who traditionally have um, been underrepresented in higher education is because um, myself, I identify as a first-generation college student, a first-generation U.S. American, um, for whom the message that education is the key to success in life has always been um, present in my my upbringing. Um, My dad was an immigrant from India and, uh, you know, spoke to me about uh, his reasons for coming to the U.S., um, primarily being uh, his children's opportunity to access education and careers of their choice. Um, Another reason I come to this work, um, particularly supporting uh, multicultural uh, demographics of of students in higher education, is because from an early age um, and, and still now, I believe that all parts of our identities matter in terms of how we find support and recognition and community uh, around those identities. 
Uh, and I think that um, awareness and accountability to the ways in which we experience both identities that are privileged and identities that are marginalized in in our culture is important. So as someone who identifies as a woman, as a person of color, as someone who is biracial, as someone who is queer, a first-generation student, a U.S. citizen, uh, ship privilege is something that I have, um, someone who is English-speaking and able-bodied, um, I believe that I bring all of the identities that I hold uh, to the work with the students that I support. Um, and finally, I believe that um, whatever uh, arena we're working in, whether it's higher education or medicine or business, uh, it is community that um, not only makes us strong, but keeps us strong in the face of adversity. Um, I believe in the importance of spaces, uh, being able to access spaces where we share identities with those who are, are like us or where we can share space with those who are like us, um, as well as the, the central importance of uh, being able to um, talk about and establish alliances that we form across uh, all different forms of identity. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, a community across and within our different identities is really valuable. Um, thank you for sharing. So Krishna, how do the demographics and the experiences and the values of many of the students you work with in MLS potentially distinguish them from the rest of the CU Boulder campus? Absolutely. So um, I'm sure as, as you've spoken about before on the show and I've listened, uh, you, you've talked about, um, we you know, CU Boulder is a predominantly and historically white um, institution, meaning that um, over 75% of the student body currently at CU Boulder um, identify as, as white or Caucasian. And um, although the continued racial diversity, continuing to uh, increase racial diversity of campus um, is a, a priority of the campus, um, the fact that only a quarter of students come from um, racial or ethnic minority groups, or maybe um, a better way of saying that is racial or, racial or ethnic groups that don't um, typically hold as many positions of power in, in society, um, continues to be a, a challenge. So students from uh, groups uh, that are racial or ethnic minorities or um, don't have access to positions of power in society, um, students who are the first people in their families to go to college, we call them first-generation college students, um, students from low-income backgrounds, LGBTQ students, um, students who have disabilities, right, and any combination of, of those identities uh, tend to navigate a university setting that during its founding was not built for them, right? That's not to say that improvements have not been made, that inclusivity and diversity have not continued to be part of the conversation um, at the university level. Um, but seeking support uh, in order to help uh students seeking support in order to navigate an incredibly large university that has so many things to offer is really important. Um, so our students, um, although as you mentioned, Soraya, our community is open to any student who, um, for whom social justice, multicultural leadership are values, uh, we do um, see a lot of interest um, from incoming CU buffs who are um, from groups that I mentioned before that are historically underrepresented in, in higher education. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, and much like the legacy of the campus that your program is working on, the same for like our legacy of education, right? It was written by few for many. Mm-hmm. Um, so what is the impact that you've seen in particular having academic spaces that are multiculturally focused for your students. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, CU Engage is mm-hmm. closely affiliated with the Leadership Studies minor, which has been in existence for several years. And um, on our campus, there are several pathways toward the Leadership Studies minor, uh, just to name a few, the President's Leadership class, um, students involved in ROTC, the Reserved Officers Training Corps. Um, those are two pathways toward the Leadership Studies minor. And uh, multicultural leadership scholars has also emerged as a pathway toward that minor. Um, the difference in our program, one of the key differences, is our focus on a multicultural curriculum. And I want to talk a little bit about mm-hmm. what that means because I think like wor- words that mo- like multicultural or diverse or inclusive um, can sort of be empty shells of words unless we specifically say what we mean by them. So what I mean and what we mean as a program when we say multicultural is that in our classes, students are not only learning about leadership theories and histories of, of dominant majority groups throughout history and currently. They're learning indigenous histories and, and leadership theories. They're learning Chicano-Chicana um, histories and leadership theories, LGBTQ, learning about LGBTQ leaders and the movements um, throughout uh, U.S. history. Um, they're also learning about the contributions of uh, folks with disabilities, uh, you know, theories that, as you mentioned, um, have not often found their way uh, into mainstream um, curricula because, uh, not necessarily because there isn't as much out there, but because it hasn't been held up as a canon mm-hmm. uh, traditionally. So the students in our classes who come from groups that are underrepresented, sometimes for the first time, get to learn histories that they themselves might claim as ancestral histories or mm-hmm. histories that represent the groups that they come from. So uh, the the advantage of, of being in uh, being a part of our pathway toward the leadership studies minor is that we believe uh, multicultural knowledge and uh, talking about leadership in inclusive ways is what makes us stronger leaders. Wonderful. Um, and what sort of work do a lot of the scholars participate in, maybe beyond MLS or like on Sue Boulder's campus or in Boulder? Um, and if you want to speak to some of your alum as well, like mm-hmm. what type of work do you see them going on to do or currently doing? Absolutely. So in addition to um, earning all of the necessary credits toward Mm -hmm. the leadership studies minor, um, our community is a social one as well, a social uh, support community. Uh, So we have everything from uh, study power hours uh, where students, you know, enjoy snacks and work on their review study guides together. We have uh, panels where students um, have the opportunity to meet with and talk uh, to community leaders from here in Boulder County as well as some from Denver. Uh, we have opportunities for students to mentor incoming CU buffs, which has been something that's uh, really sparked a lot of joy for our community. Um, mentoring middle school students uh, just this past semester, our students uh 
led a workshop uh, for students who came to the Cumbre Juvenil mm. um, at CU Boulder, which was an effort of many community partners. Um, and we also connect with uh, other groups that uh, fall under the, the umbrella of CU Engage. So our students um, uh, participated in a really uh great and meaningful collaboration with the Public Achievement Program, um, which I know that you're a big part of, Soraya. And um, as as students uh, came to campus to to meet with their coaches, our students, you know, talked with them about their projects and and really just showed, um, you know, served as as shiny examples of of what continued investment and um, work can can do in terms of, of accessing the college of your your choice and Mm -hmm. continuing to make a difference at that level um our students as as you mentioned before are of all different majors so we have everyone from computer science to electrical engineering to ethnic studies and anthropology and public health so our students are not only doing wonderful things as part of our community; they're taking, um, they're they're using their their brilliant voices in, in those respective arenas as well. Um, and then finally, as you mentioned, uh, we have so many amazing alumni. Our program has been in existence since uh, the year two thousand, mm-hmm. uh, so we have alumni who are all over the country um, and many different countries around the world um, utilizing the the theories and and, and uh, wisdom of of multicultural leadership um, to to make lasting change in the world um, currently we have uh, handfuls of students in graduate and law school um, students who came back to the community here in Boulder or in their um, the communities that they went to high school in and are leading community organizations there. Um, we have alum in uh, political and um, other internship opportunities in uh, Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. So our network of alum is is sprawling, and um, we just every year can't wait to see what our, our students choose to do after CU Boulder. Amazing. Yeah, and very awesome to see how they're continuing on to take up positions of power and kind of help shift the dominant narrative that you were speaking to earlier. Um, and I know for our public achievement program, our middle school and high school students being able to work and collaborate with your multicultural leadership scholars at CU's campus was very reciprocal for them to be able to see that like these type of conversations around race and power exist in other class settings as well and that they have an opportunity to continue on with that at CU Boulder should they choose to. Um, so that was a really powerful experience for them. Um, so you said that MLS has been part of our campus since 2000. Mm-hmm. So that's a good amount of time now, uh, which is incredible. What is your vision for the program maybe in about five years time? Where do you see it going? How do you see it growing? Yeah, it's it's exciting, extremely exciting to think about that. And yeah, so um, our, our program has been around since 2000. It began um, as a residential academic program um, uh, where students learned um, the curriculum for that program was multicultural leadership. Mm-hmm. And over the years, it's, it's morphed into um, not a residential program, but a strictly curriculum-based program that feeds into the leadership studies minor. And it's um, we're so proud to have it housed in the School of Education alongside the other mm-hmm. program that I have the privilege of overseeing, uh, Education Diversity Scholars. 
Uh, so, so that's sort of where it's come from and, um, where I'm hoping that it will go. I would, you know, mostly listen to where our students see it going, right? I, I hear them wanting to have more formalized opportunities to mentor, um, incoming CU buffs, right? Not necessarily as a recruitment tool, mm-hmm. but as a, an opportunity to, um, practice the leadership that they're learning in the classroom with students that they um, want to help um, inspire. Um, I hope that we continue to grow. Um, Right now we serve around 75 students from first year students all the way through graduating seniors Um, and then our our network of alum is in the hundreds. Um, But I hope we will continue to grow. Um, I think the shining jewel of our um, of our program is our peer, our, our, our peer mentors. So once students have taken the first class in the sequence lead 1000, those students can then choose to come back and serve as peer mentors mm-hmm. for incoming classes of multicultural leadership scholars. And something that I have really been trying to um, foster is more opportunities for them to lead the program as a whole, right? So mm-hmm. as experts who are, are, um, or leading the, the you know the the classroom conversations. What do they want to see in terms mm-hmm. of of where our program goes? Um, we've discussed you know partnering with uh, pre-collegiate programs on campus, which have a, a rich history on the CU Boulder campus to um, do outreach and engagement with students in rural parts of Colorado who right. might not have as much um, opportunity to access or interact with with current CU students. So we definitely want to go places and, and I have my own ideas, um, for, you know, how I want to help guide that. But for the most part, um, listening to the voices of students of, of how they, what they have enjoyed about the program, where they hope to see it going in the future. Amazing. For our listeners who may have joined us halfway through the show, you've been listening to Amplify, Stories of University Community Partnerships, a production of the CU Engage program at the University of Colorado Boulder, in partnership with Community Radio KGNU. You can hear us on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Our show aims to amplify the voices of students, community partners, and educators who are working together to generate new knowledge and ideas to tackle major public challenges. I'm your host, Soraya Latif, and I'm in the studio today with Dr. Krishna Patisapu, who is the Director of the Diversity, Recruitment, and Retention for the School of Education at CU Boulder. Krishna teaches undergraduate courses about education, culture, social justice, and higher education, and works in partnership with the CU Lead Alliance, a network that supports college access and persistence for students from underrepresented groups in college. Krishna, um... Thank you again for being here. So this kind of getting into this moment of now, um, I know the program has been longstanding, but why do you think that social justice and a social justice approach for young emerging leaders and students um, is important right now? Well, I think first to um, how polarized our Mm -hmm. political climate can feel and um, how, you know, um, and how... I believe and and see that marginalized groups in society are under attack, um, both politically and culturally. And so I think that opportunities for students who who come to our program with many different identities, many different experiences, have the opportunity in an intellectual academic space to talk 
through the, the, the issues that emerge around difference, around difference of opinions, difference mm-hmm. of perspective and experience um, is very valuable because it's, it's very easy, I think, to um, focus on the ways in which we're different. But the harder thing to do is to acknowledge and celebrate those differences and figure out how we can lift up and support one another. Um, and I also believe that uh, honing in and, and honoring and giving space to uh, histories like indigenous mm-hmm. histories, Chicano histories, LGBTQ histories, that um, unless we are very uh, intentional and persistent about um, about being about students being able to access them mm-hmm. and continue to rediscover them and rearticulate them from from their own perspectives. Um, they're vulnerable histories, and so I feel so privileged that um, that we have this space at CU Boulder to. Um, have meaningful dialogues across our differences, as well as to uh, protect and uplift histories that have been silenced or um, devalued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and part of that vulnerable history, I think it cannot be understated that so often, especially as a young person of color, it is so hard to talk about the realities of your experience mm-hmm. and like the history of your people and other people who've been oppressed, mm-hmm. right? Um, how do you see your students coming into those conversations in oh. your classes? Well, I um, I support our students more on a, a one by one to one on one capacity, mm-hmm. organized community mm-hmm. events. Um, but my partner in all of this work, Dr. Joanna Mays, mm-hmm. um, who is the instructor for all of our multicultural multicultural uh, leadership program mm-hmm. curriculum, um, she designs it, she teaches it. Um, when I see students come out of her class, right, having just learned something about, mm-hmm. um, for example, Chicano history, right, Los Ces de Boulder. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right they are they are angry they are moved to tears right and and so many students I hear say how did I not know this about the place that I grew up about mm-hmm. the place that I live right people learn indigenous history and um, come out of the class and stop by my office and say I can't believe that I you know have not had the privilege to learn from my ancestors mm-hmm. right and so I think I see a range of emotional responses um, when students come to talk to me about what they're learning in class, um, right? There's shock, there's there's sadness, um, but mostly there's a desire to make sure that that bearing of history mm. never happens again, right? And and based on conversations they've had in their classes, students have taken it upon themselves, not, a, not an assignment-based thing, but taken it upon themselves to write letters to their Congress people or um, to, to talk to, um, you know, the leadership in their departments. Like, why is this history not being taught? Or um, to, to rally together with some of their fellow students to say, hey, um, Krishna, like, we want to have this event. Will you support us in doing it? So, our students are having very emotional reactions to what they're learning, oftentimes because they haven't had the opportunity to access mm-hmm. that before. And um, they just want to make sure that uh, that history doesn't repeat itself in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And like the revolutionary feeling of just being seen by your history and your mm-hmm. current context and feeling like, like with that power of knowing that knowledge, you can mm-hmm. create change around that. Um, have you... Or I suppose, like, where have you and when have you seen diversity and inclusion efforts not 
work or not serve students well? And maybe what are some examples of times that you have seen it serve students well? Absolutely. I love this question. Yeah. And it's really great to have the opportunity to think about um, and just reflecting on, I, I've done this type of work for about eight years now. Mm-hmm. And um, the things that I've I've seen time and time again as, you know, keys to success and the things I've seen people try that, you know, have kind of fallen flat or things that I've tried that have just not worked, right? Um, And I want to preface this by saying I'm really lucky to be part of a sprawling community at the CU Boulder campus um, called the CU Lead Alliance. Mm -hmm. Um, So for every college or school, there is a center or a a person um, in my in my case, a director of diversity for and uh, to support undergraduate students in the School of Education. There's the Bold Center in Engineering. There's the Diverse Musicians Alliance in the School of Music. There's the um, Miramontes Arts and Sciences Program, which is the largest of them all. And this network um, is, is actually thanks to a former professor of education, Dr. Ophelia Miramontes, who um, believe that localized support for students in not only based on the identities that they share Mm. but based on the the careers they're interested in and the the um the specific expertise they're hoping to to gain so for example instead of having um a, a central office on campus for all latino latina students um right there uh there are groups in each school that that support students of color, but are led by people who have experience and expertise in, in that area. Mm -hmm. So for example, um, I'm a former teacher and, and so I'm able to kind of, you know, guide students, not only based on what does it feel like to be first gen student of color, um, but what does it mean to experience your identities within the context of the, um, profession that you're exploring right right? so so I have seen I I believe in in this model that that sort of swept across uh, college campuses in the mid-2000s more of a Mm -hmm. localized approach I think um, and 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 that approach has really shown to um, support higher persistence rates as well because when students feel supported on the basis of who they are and what they want to do Mm -hmm. um, that that holistic support really um helps students um, or serve students better. Um, so I would say localized support um, feels really great. Um, I think policy is important. I think yeah. um, policy, when it is, uh, when it has teeth, like they say, mm-hmm. right, when there are tangible, um, concrete efforts made to um, enforce that policy, to refine it when it doesn't work, um that is supported by funding, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that most people have great intentions around diversity and inclusion. And when specific, you know, departments or groups of people or, you know, just individuals aren't held accountable to, uh, you know, what what they value around uh, inclusivity and diversity, it can oftentimes default to models that serve majority students. And, and so when policies and um, laws even are made, um, I think they, they tend to work best when people are in place to support them and, and enforce them. Um, I think that it, that devo- 
approaches to diversity and inclusion work best when they are led by people who either share the experiences of students who are navigating those structures, so led by uh, first-generation college students, led by people of color, um, and or by uh, folks who may not themselves belong to those groups but who are strong allies um, devoted to constant self-education around you know, what it really means to, to perform allyship in those spaces. And I think um, our CU Lead Alliance is a great example of that. Many of us are in the work for similar reasons that I'm in the work, right? We, mm-hmm. we want to make the college experience um, simpler to navigate so that students can really focus on what they're there to focus on, which is not surviving, but thriving mm-hmm. and, and becoming their, realizing their dreams. Um when I have seen it not work so well Mm -hmm. um, is when there really aren't money or resources (laughs) devoted to enforcing these things. When people say diversity and inclusion are values, but um, we don't necessarily have the infrastructure in place to make those important changes. Um, When it's, when these efforts are led by folks who are not listening to the people that they're serving, right? When people are saying, Hey, you know, this isn't working or, you know, this scholarship um, needs to have different parameters on it or, or whatever. Um, and then, uh, something that has really emerged for me is is super important based on, um, the idea plan, which is, um, the, the campus-wide diversity and inclusion, um, plan, um, for CU Boulder. Um, a central goal of that is, is moving, the concern about the work, about diversity and inclusion work from being the responsibility of a few people uh, to being the responsibility of everyone, Mm -hmm. right? So right now, I think as it is, diversity and inclusion work, um, in my experience, can sort of exist in the shadows, right? Like a group of awesome, dedicated people making it happen. (laughs) But then when it really works is when everyone realizes, even if director of diversity Mm -hmm. isn't my title, making this campus a better place for students of color, students with disabilities. That's my responsibility, too. Last question for you, Krishna. For whom is multicultural education designed for? Uh, We spoke, you said earlier, uh, sometimes people, there's like a misnomer surrounding it Mm -hmm. because of the word itself, multicultural, Mm -hmm. being in there, that it's only for students of color um, or only for students of marginalized groups. So who is it designed for? Um, Who can teach it? Who can practice it? I think that's a great question, and my answer is really simple. It's designed for you. It's designed for everyone. I think folks think sometimes when they hear words like multicultural or diverse, it means that it's created um, only for or it's valuable only for folks who are somehow marginalized. Um, But just as important as students from groups that are underrepresented being able to access their own history and, and write their own narratives and speak their own truth is just as important for folks who belong to majority groups to be able to um, work through, um, first of all, discover what they don't know, work through what they do know, and and think about how they can use their privilege in strategic ways to um, to make this world more based on alliances and less based on fragmentation. So I believe that everyone has a place in this work. I think 
um, allies and folks in privileged positions, learning when and how to step back, when and how to step forward um, is always central and important to these conversations. Um, But everyone has a place here. Thank you so much um, for sharing about MLS and also your story and your work. The Multicultural Leadership Scholars Program will be accepting applications, right, for fall 2019? Absolutely. We're recruiting, hopefully, our our biggest freshman, our first-year student class ever. Um, And the uh, application deadline is coming up on April 1st. I know that Soraya will be posting the link to our application online. So if you or someone you know is an incoming first-year student at CU Boulder, um, either has applied or has formally been admitted, um, please uh, apply. We also have some some um, spots available for transfer students. Um, So if you, again, belong to a group that uh, is underrepresented in higher education Mm -hmm. and or you uh, believe in social justice and multicultural education as important in their values of yours, um, we definitely invite you to, to be part of our community. Thank you, Krishna. And if anyone has any questions regarding MLS or diversity in education at CU Boulder or broader, uh, you can contact Krishna at K-R-I-S-H-N-A dot P-A-T-T-I-S-A-P-U at Colorado dot E-D-U. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Amplify Stories of University Community Partnerships, a production by the CU Engage program at the University of Colorado in Boulder in partnership with Community Radio KGNU. You can hear us on the fourth Wednesday of every month at 9 a.m. Our show aims to amplify the voices of students and community partners who are working together to generate new knowledge and ideas to tackle major public challenges. I've been your host, Soraya Latif, and Krishna has joined me in the studio today. Thank you all so much for listening.